Oh, 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 this is Santa, reminding you that you still have some time to join the Y'all Herd Patreon to get your holiday swag this season. Start as low as one dollar, times are tight, or consider two or five dollars. There's no way to gift a subscription, but you could donate now, then ask me to leave you five dollars in your stocking. Oh, and don't forget the taxes because capitalism owns all of our asses. Ho, ho, ho. Thanks, Santa, but you forgot to tell them to go to patreon.com slash y'all heard to join today. Y'all heard? I'm ready, Marissa. Ready when you are. Let's hit the ground rolling. Let's blow this bitch up. Okay, one, two, three. Hey, everybody. everybody. This is y'all heard. Y'all heard. A podcast for me, Marissa Phillips. And me, Pete Phillips. Are not related. And this is a show where two hosts caress curiosity like a silken robe and then tie the sash of substance around our body of knowledge. And then we call to you in a sultry tone to say, y'all heard? I hated everything you said and I wanted to interject, but then I was like, if I just say nothing, it'll go by fast. It'll be over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, in other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Pete, how are you? I was going to tell you about how my week's been a little stressful. I was going to tell you about how my weekend was good. I was even going to tell you about how I saw The Princess Switch 3, the Netflix original. Mm-hmm. Did you see one or two? Oh, of course. But then... Uh-huh. Then I came home to my apartment, Marissa, and as I was taking off my shirt from work to change into something a little more comfortable, I saw a no moving item out of the corner of my no. eye, and yes. <laughs> Ever since then, I am so tired right now. <laughs> where where was it? In my bedroom. No. <laughs> Running from under an armoire to under my bed. <laughs> I would kill myself. And then, you listeners, I'm so sorry if you don't know how my apartment is laid out, but Marissa does. So, outside of my apartment, the linen closet is kind of across the way. Yeah. I stood in front of the linen closet, yeah. and I was on my phone, or I was on the phone with my mom. And I was like talking mid sentence, and I was like, ah! <laughs> and she was oh like, what? And then I was like, Mom, I think I have a mouse. And then I saw the mouse. And then oh. the mouse, like, he was like, I'm not supposed to be here. I gotta get out of here. Yeah. But this idiot's standing in front of the door. <laughs> oh. So I'm standing there, but I'm not moving either. <laughs> yeah. And eventually the mouse goes, and walks towards me. Oh my god. And then hangs a, a left. Okay. <laughs> and then crawls along the perimeter of my apartment, uh, up the wall to the windows, and then around the Wait, windows. No. Not up the wall, not up the wall. I mean, along uh, the wall. <laughs> I, you almost, you almost brought a fear to my life that I never anticipated. Continue, okay. Needless to say, it ended up in the kitchen. And, I haven't seen it since. And, well, uh, at least that's where it belongs. No, I'm sorry. It didn't belong there. But at least you could understand that. I would be really unnerved by it being in my bedroom. 
Yeah. Um, oh, so I did call the building, of course. Yeah. And the building manager said that I used to have a mouse problem at my house, too. But now I have a cat. And I said... What the fuck, lady? I said, what's the uh, fee? What's the fee to get a cat? And she said, $800. Uh... And she was like, and the reason that we do that is because we have to change the carpet when you leave. And I was like, I've been here for like 10 years. You're going to change the carpet anyway. And she was like, Pete, if you want to get a cat, you can get a cat. Are you going to get a cat? I don't know. But she was like, but you have to be prepared for when the cat brings a dead mouse to you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> so, I mean, are they going to do anything? Oh, she's calling the exterminator to come tomorrow. Oh. I, was, I meant to drop, like, if if this isn't psychotic, um, I have these, like, little tiny bugs that keep appearing on my kitchen counter. And they're, like, real innocuous. They're... Like, if you do anything near them, they just stop and think that you can't see them. Yeah. But on a white counter, like, you could see them. And it's, like, three. I don't have, like, an infestation or anything, but it's, like, three of these guys every day. I kill them, and then three more come back. So, they're ghost bugs. But uh, I captured them and started putting them in a bag, and then I was going to put the bag in an envelope and give it, like, drop it in the mail slot at the office. What the fuck, Pete? <laughs> and my mom gave me this idea because she said the exterminator's going to need to know what kind of bug well, you it don't is. Know. You can keep them. But I don't know about that delivery method. <laughs> That's a little psychotic. So anyway, um, an exterminator should be coming. But the exterminator, Marissa, is just going to leave, uh, what are they called? Like, Blue box. Track. Box traps, sticky traps, and oh. regular mouse traps. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So then you still have to deal with the problem, as yep. you remember <laughs> from when I stayed at your place. <laughs> yeah. I caught a mouse because my landlord gave me glue traps, and then Pete had to throw out the mouse. Uh, yeah. I mean, I will say, the one time where I saw a mouse and I screamed hysterically at it, it kept running till they could find a way out of my house. Yeah. I would run after it and yell it at it towards the front door. The funny thing, though, is, um, and I'd, I'd love to have a discussion with somebody about ethics with this, but uh, people are like, uh, I, really, I really would hate to use poison. And I'm thinking... Why? I don't understand. It's not like we have a shortage of mice. <laughs> I yeah. could understand if you were like, oh, I have a white horned elephant and it won't get out of my house, but I don't want to kill it. It's like, yeah, yeah that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, um, I know a lot of people that... I have bald eagles that are really annoying me every morning, but I don't want to kill them. <laughs> I know a lot of people that don't even want to hurt mice at all. Um, I was at an event. I think I might have mentioned it here. And Philly has a mouse problem right now. And a rat problem, but thankfully not in my neighborhood that I'm aware of. Anyway, I was at this outdoor sketching event at a museum, and all these goth girls were, like, having a picnic near me. <laughs> and there's, like, a, a really big old building next to us, and you could see a whole bunch of mice, like, following each other, like, jump down from, like, a high part of the building into the <laughs> courtyard we were in. The mice were far enough away from me that I, like, freaked out a little bit, but I'm like, oh, they're not running towards me. 
But they're running towards running the lunch. Directly in the direction of the goth girls. And I said, and like I interrupted them quickly. I'm like, hey guys, there's like mice running right towards you. And they were just like, that's fine. We don't mind mice. Like as if like that made them more goth. And I was of like, course, yeah. Fuck all of you. I'm more goth than you. And I don't want vermin up my asshole. So anyway, I'm not. I'm not competing in the who can love mice more competition, okay? That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and and I'm pretty sure everybody's had this this conversation, this thought experiment before, like, the sticky traps are worse. Yes. Anyway, how are you, how are you doing, Marissa? Unless you get it on the sticky trap and bludgeon it to death. Yeah. Yeah. I know someone who did that, so. Anyway, um... <laughs> I didn't think about how, oh, yeah, I didn't really think about how my week was. Uh, I will just say, mulled wine is fantastic. Have you had mulled wine, Pete? I don't think so. I thought you just put, like, cinnamon and some apples. Oh. In the um, There's more to it. I've had uh, that, that, that Christmassy type wine thing. I forget what it's called, though. Oh, but is that the pre-spiced wine? Yeah, I've had sp- uh, yeah, okay. I've had spiced wine, but not mulled wine. Yeah, this is like hot and there's like fruits in it and like a whole bunch of spices. But then I didn't know, so I bought some wine and I'm like reading like how you make it. And all the recipes that are alcoholic say to put more booze in it. Extra gluten. <laughs> no, to, to put brandy, and I didn't have brandy. I just have spiced rum I made. So I just put rum into the wine. Ugh, it's so beautiful. It makes me forget all my problems. <laughs> That's what it's supposed to do. Yeah, so it's like warm, it's soothing, and it makes me forget my problems. The only thing is, guys, I have a very close relationship with my family. And someone from my house will call me every single day of my life. <laughs> and sometimes I'm like, can't they just call me early so I can be drunk alone? I thought you were going to say I have a really close relationship with wine. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm guys, I've had problems with, with alcohol before. I'm actually doing pretty good. I barely drink anymore, but I like to be drunk alone. Yeah. And not with my parents calling. <laughs> anyway. Um. We've got great fans and sometimes they call to remind us. Let's let's hear from Alex because Alex is on parental leave right now. <gasps> oh, I can't wait to hear. Hi, this is Alex, and I am indeed on parental leave. I'm calling in about the recent episode on that topic. Um, men, you should take parental leave, uh, and for I can think of a good number of reasons, especially to care about men and women being treated equally. So um, I've got uh, you know some women who are coworkers. And when they got hired, people might have assumed that they would do less work if they were to have kids. Well, you know what? Like, I'm on parental leave. That's a thing for men, too. Um, and by changing the perception that men do go on parental leave, um, it helps women get treated more equally in hiring processes. Um, it's also more fair to people like my wife. Uh, by my being on parental leave, that gives her the option to get back to work sooner and, um, you know, makes it easier for her to, like, work part-time instead of work not at all. Now, as you find out about uh, Alex's parental leave, I think you might like this, Marissa. 
Ooh, okay. Because it's not like he's not working at all. Okay. Depending on, you know, the exact situation. Oh, also, for my wife, it helps a lot that I'm around a lot more. I'm not on total parental leave, but I'm totally off two days a week from my work. So I'm, like, at home four days a week, you know, weekends, two days during the week, and then, like, a lot of time during the other days of the week. She does more around the house than I do, but I know how to do one of everything, and that makes a big difference for me being able to step up at all. And so by being able to help my wife with household labor, help my wife get back to work and have a normal amount of labor for somebody at my stage in life rather than somebody who would never have kids at all, um, it can help change perceptions of what people should expect of women in my line of work. And another thing is, uh, it's actually good to be around my kids. Um, Believe it or not. I wrote yeah. just this week to my spouse that if I were not home, uh, you know, like four days a week, a lot of my time with my baby would be between like 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. when he's really cranky and unpleasant, and that would make it really tough for him to bond with. But yesterday I got to be home all day long, and some of the time he was a pickle butt. He's a lot more likely to be pleasant during the day than he is, like, 68 p.m. after work, right? So parental leave, highly recommended, supported. We really need to have government-sponsored parental leave for everybody for things to work out right. Um, I'm privileged to have a workplace where they'll pay for me to go on parental leave, but not all workplaces in the U.S. do. Most don't. Um, our situation in the U.S. with parental leave is just manifestly unjust, and it needs to be changed. All right, thanks for the show. Thank you, Alex. I feel seen. I feel like my episode was appreciated and valued. And isn't it inappropriate to say I wish I was married to Alex? Again? Yeah, now it's inappropriate. Okay, uh, this was the last <laughs> Thank you, Alex, for um, giving that, me that information. That's, that's kind of, I'm very happy that your workplace allows that. Um, I really yeah. like that idea of sort of like, parental leave sort of being like a reduced yeah work sort of like you know like he said being in work a few days a week or something like that but i also yeah. i also as i was listening to the message the first time i was thinking of all of the and i'm sorry to go here guys but all the shitty people out there who were like yeah well my job only lets me bond with my kid after work too and it's when they're cranky and that's why i hate them and <laughs> And why should you get something I don't get? And it's just, you know, I know that Alex is sort of not bragging about it, but it's kind of like, everybody, let's just try to reach forward. <laughs> let's not yeah. try to pull people back just because. <laughs> don't have this. Like, yeah, I mean, if you're going to have that horrible take, then why even have a child? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like, I don't know. It's just, it's just really sad. And like I said, I just wish people, wish more people cared about it. Because I have talked to a couple people in my life who they're like, yeah, my job gives me parental leave. But, like, they don't know that a lot of jobs don't. I was like, no, 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 yeah. no, not everyone gets paternity leave. And they were like, yeah, everyone does. And I was like, not even everyone gets maternity leave. What are you talking about? So I was, so actually, I asked my boss if my job gives maternity leave. Maybe this answer makes sense to other people. But I will say and all of my benefits and she said like yes you get like three months if you sign up for short-term disability or something 
Yeah, that sounds right. Does that sound right? <laughs> and then I was like, do men get it too? And she was like, yeah, probably. I but think, I um, so <laughs> at my job, they uh, have this broad category of family medical leave. And that's and, cool. And I had uh, one of my coworkers who has no ch- children or dependents um, just had extended back trouble and they had her use that so she got paid for not being at work a reduced amount but paid nonetheless um so that might be what they're alluding to like you can use up to three months of fmla as your paternity leave i guess so just having that or maternity in your case sorry (laughs) just having having the title of disability while pregnant seems a little weird but also um yeah, I guess that's a thing. And Maybe also, have- three months is, like, the baby immediately, like, you have to work up until the baby comes out and says hello. <laughs> oh, yeah. <That's, laughs> my boss was saying she, so I guess she had a scheduled C-section. She said she worked literally on the day before. She yeah. worked the day before her fucking scheduled C-section. But also, yeah, just what Alex brought up, like, it doesn't all have to be like, oh, yeah, man and woman. Don't need to work three months at a time. Just their coworkers are fucked. Like it could take different forms. There are so many different ways that like that could be negotiated. It just should be on the table. Yes. But anyway. Um, icebreaker. Pete, let's do a let's do a bit of a seasonal icebreaker because it's December now. Is it? Oh my god. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Um, paint a picture for me. Um, travel is not an option. Money is not an option. And magically, anyone would get along that you want to get along. Paint a picture of your ideal Christmas. I guess, I guess you go first. Oh, God. I was starting to think about it now. (laughs) Because I feel like it's even if I don't have an answer ready ahead of time. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, sometimes I don't know if you have an answer ready or not. Like, okay. my mom's going to be there. Okay. I can't bring people back from the dead, right? Fine, you can. You can do whatever you want. Oh, shit. That means it's even harder now. <laughs> no, but you can. You don't have to. Um, like, like, in this universe, everyone doesn't have the magic to bring people back from the dead. So if you don't bring them back, they'll know you didn't. Like, that's not what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. My mom's going to be there. I feel like I talked about this a little bit last year. Oh, I'm sorry if this is a repeat. It might not be, but... (laughs) Because I remember because it was so strange in some way. Okay. Where my thought was, it'd be nice to be at my girlfriend's house, and my mom's just staying over just for Christmas... Not just for Christmas Day, and she has to get in the car and drive three hours home. But I mean, just, you know, she's up for Christmas. Uh-huh. And I am letting, like, I am at the house and making my mom stay there. <laughs> okay. But then, um, but that you live next door. I like it. And that your family's over there. Because I, like, I like your family, but I yeah. do feel like it would be weird if I celebrated Christmas with them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But that you could, like, pop out 
or just like stop over for dessert or something, you know, something like that and vice versa. Um, yeah. And so my sister would be there, but she'd be staying in like a hotel. (laughs) (laughs) So she can come over for the festivities and stuff, but she gets, she gets to get away and spend some time at the hotel, you know? Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have to deal with all the happenings. Um, and I think I want my, uh, my pug friend Boomer to be there. I'm sorry. Whose dog is that? Um, kind of my uncle's. Okay. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to know. That was kind of, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so in Puerto Rico and maybe in other Hispanic areas. Oh, Rihanna too. She's going to be there. Who's Rihanna? Rihanna. Oh, Rihanna. What? <laughs> you wanna have a barbecue? <laughs> no, I was just kind of, I was just kind of like, oh, could I have anybody there? Celebrities? And then Rihanna was just the first pull because I didn't want to say Beyonce. <laughs> oh God, I can't. I don't. I'm sorry. I just gotta say, I don't know why Beyonce upsets me so much now, but. She's in a Tiffany advertisement. Oh, is the worst advertisement of all time. The first yeah, time the I saw it, I asked you if you saw it, and you were like, "No, I don't really see commercials." And I knew that eventually it would catch up with you. Yeah, it. Uh, the commercial upsets me, and there is a digital billboard outside of my house that every so often just is like a still from it, and like diamonds are problematic to begin with, and. Beyonce and Jay-Z do not have a perfect marriage to, like, put themselves up as something to aspire to be. Hey, and just, can I just, can I ask you something just between you and me, Marissa? Yeah, yeah. Is Jay-Z ugly? I mean, yes. Okay, okay. Okay. <laughs> me, I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. He always, looks, I, don't, I don't know, he's not, I'm sorry. But then when he pulls my- the hair back... Yeah. Like when he's got the dreads pulled back, I'm just like, yeah. what is happening? Or yeah, or those one frames where they're all over in different directions, and I'm like, why are you wearing a tuxedo with your friggin' hair like that? I don't understand what this is. It has nothing to do with his stylistic choices. I have never found him attractive. Also, him cheating on Beyonce makes him less attractive. But also, since COVID, like, super opulent celebrities, it just doesn't do it for me. I'm just like, go eat bag of, of course dick. of course marissa is uh more enchanted with um 90 day fiance celebrities <laughs> you're kind of going all the way in the other direction Cash celebrities who are just trying to get by but anyway yeah uh, uh what was i gonna say oh oh yeah so that was neither here nor there i always dream of this thing that I, my father said they had in puerto rico I've also seen it in my favorite Christmas movie. Um, I think it's called Nothing Like the Holidays. Oh, is this is this um, the Caroling? Yeah, it's I think we did do this last year, but it's nice to learn about. You know what? I'm gonna say it again. La Parada is where a group of people kind of like goes caroling on the streets, and they go from house to house, and it, they stop at every house, sing some songs, but then they don't just leave. Like, there is, they are invited over each house to then, like, get some booze, eat some food. So, basically, you are caroling through the neighborhood, and you attend a whole bunch of little parties. But also, I would specify that I would want 
kind of kind of like yours. I want my boyfriend and my parents in a celebration, and I want you and all my you and all my treasured friends. I will not name names. <laughs> Come on. No, that just, would be controversial. Just give me a MySpace top eight. <laughs> no. Just know you're involved. Uh, and I want, yeah, I want to, like, do a paranda through the neighborhood, a neighborhood filled with my friends. Uh, that would be so fun. I really wish there were, like, more, like, Puerto Rican traditions as part of my Christmas. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's it. You know who doesn't wish that there were as many Puerto Rican traditions? Yeah. Right? Right. Tis the season for watching Christmas movies, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Of course, this is me, so I'm going to talk about bad ones. I hope you're going to bring up holidays in handcuffs. While Lifetime, Ion, Up, and Netflix are getting into the original holiday movie game, we're going to talk about the Kleenex to their tissues. And I'm going to say Hallmark movies the whole oh. episode. <laughs> First of all, I thought you were going to talk about a Kleenex sponsored Christmas movie, no. which I got excited about because recently I remembered that it's a chicken movie, and I decided I need to watch it again soon. I uh, was watching a Hallmark holiday movie with my mom, and uh, they had a real, real hot in, um, like in movie ad for cream of mushroom soup, Campbell's cream of mushroom soup. What? Hot. Just because uh, I, I, hot was probably the wrong word, but it was like uh, really obvious, really upfront. Oh yeah, I thought you were telling me something sexy. Yeah, this one guy just like poured it all over this lady, and what? Then the oh, oh, that's fake. <laughs> so often, you come upon a very formulaic Hallmark movie, and you kind of have an idea of what's going to happen. So, Marissa, why do we watch them? Because it's like comfort food. I think you're right. There's something to be said for formulas. You know what's coming, and in life it's so hard to know what's coming. According to Pamela Rutledge, behavioral scientist and director of Media Psychology Research Center and Media Psychology Faculty at Fielding Graduate University, quote, the human brain loves patterns and the predictability is cognitively rewarding. These predictable story arcs that draw on the standard patterns we recognize from fairy tales offer comfort by presenting life as a simple and moralistic, as simple and moralistic. Okay. Which can serve as a much needed break from the complexity of real life, holiday, and world chaos. (laughs) Tell me. Um, so with a why out of the way, let's talk about how. Um, to a fault, I sometimes get hung up on hows and whys. Uh, How? For example... How watches a Hallmark movie? <laughs> no. For example, a Hallmark movie costs about $1 million. Okay. Hallmark sometimes makes over 30 of these in a given year. Okay. Um, and I'm just talking about the Christmas movies, by the way. Um, yeah. How many crises could we address in the world with $30 million? <laughs> Oof, that's a, do I need to answer that? But then we have to also weigh that against how much destruction would an absence of Hallmark movies have on the public. Oh, man, I was just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it evens out. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. 
But putting that aside, let's focus um, on a piece from the Vancouver... I'm sorry, not the, but a piece from Vancouver Magazine. Okay. Now, I know what you're thinking, Marissa. You're thinking, weird pull, Pete. Um, why would you talk about the Vancouver Magazine? Is everything filmed in Canada? Yes. Listener, you may not realize, but lots of these things get filmed in Vancouver. Uh, tax breaks on filming can help your bottom line. The governments uh, realize the lift to the area community that filming can provide, and Canadian labor is apparently cheaper than American labor right now. Okay. As a Cora user explained, if you spend $1.1 million on a movie in Vancouver, you could get back up to $100,000 uh, at tax time, and then you've only spent $1 million on the movie. Okay. So it kind of pays for itself. Not entirely. I don't, I don't really, I don't know how, where I was going with that. <laughs> so let's talk about a timeline, Marissa. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, I, I think you know already, Marissa, that I've always wanted to write a sci-fi original movie. Um, yeah. Did you ever have any, I'd like to write a blank movie in terms of like companies or something like that? Um, no, honestly, I don't think so. Don't sell uh, yourself short, Marissa. I mean, now I want to think about that, but off the top of my head, no, I mean, making a Hallmark movie would be really fun. No, I would want to make like a branded movie the way there's a KFC movie. Yeah, that sounds yeah. fun. Yeah. According to this article from Vancouver Magazine, uh, just this past November, they talk to an unnamed producer who tells all, and they have a, uh, sorry, I have to check, eight, an eight-step timeline that they kind of put together so we're talking about christmas movies that go on let's just say in december they go on even though they go on like at around halloween anymore am i right um (laughs) marissa when do you think the process would start for a movie that's going to be airing in december in the summer august 15th oh wow okay so hallmark accepts pitches uh, to quote I, this, oh. to quote this unnamed producer, the formula is unspoken. If you want to do something more diverse, you're not taking that one to Hallmark. <laughs> oh, wait, was it? Oh, maybe it wasn't Hallmark. I thought there was. I thought Hallmark was like putting like same-sex couples and stuff in their movies this year. This year, I saw it this year. Okay. Um, and it was like a backstory. That never was really super explicit. Okay. But, um, so producers send over a few possible plots, uh, each with a pitch deck featuring major plot points and a dream cast. Mm. Um, They all have Mario Lopez. (laughs) If you want a green light, don't get too crazy. The reason they all look and sound the same is because the network, Hallmark, is involved, and they know their main audience is Midwest Christians. Interesting. Okay. So Netflix did this movie called Let It Snow um, a couple of years ago. It is interracial, LGBTQ, beautifully shot, and a prime example of a Hallmark-style movie that would never get made for Hallmark. <laughs> but it was, I'm sorry, it was a Hallmark movie? No, it became a Netflix original. Oh, okay. Yeah. So part two would be um, you find your funding. They had this wonderful bit about um, 
selling international rights to movies and what have you. I, I don't really know a ton of stuff about that, so I just pulled out the stuff that I think I maybe understood, but we'll find out if that's true or not, as I say. <laughs> um, the production company will hand over about 20% of your budget for North American rights, meaning Hallmark will give you 20% of your budget so that they can be the only channel to play it in America. Okay. Um, you'll make your money, uh, you'll make more money selling your international rights. Um, meaning that in other countries, there are channels that also want to show movies and they would give you money before the movie's even made for you to make the movie so that they can exclusively play it. Better yet. Like in Germany, next channel. Is that right? In what? Nothing. <laughs> Better yet, get a loan to finance it yourself this producer says uh, on a budget of less than a million you get approximately 200 to 300 thousand dollars in tax credits so most banks will lend to established producers and then sell it to the broadcasters after it's done quote too many people involved off the top can be a disaster because they're always giving notes if you uh, bring it to them already made they'll just watch the first 20 minutes to make sure that the quality is good and then buy it off of you mm, okay Around September 15th is when prep time starts, when you start sort of planning things out. Uh, you got three or four, three to four weeks to get ready and shoot and streamline your costs. Marissa, you haven't uh-huh. asked about this yet, but writers will bang out a script <laughs> at oh. this point. <laughs> and then producers will go through it with a fine tooth comb to cut any potentially expensive locations or unnecessary characters. Okay. According to this producer, will go through and cut children and small animals wherever possible. I'm sorry. <laughs> children and animals, not necessarily just small ones. Um, they're too expensive to work with. Uh, non-essentials like music licensing, stand-ins, catering trucks typically don't make it into the final budget. The goal is to keep costs under a million dollars, a micro-budget that allows you to hire non-union crew. Okay. Then you collect your crew. I don't know if you care, Marissa, but a crew uh, for these types of movies is about 15 to 20 people total. Your camera guy might make $800 a day for a union shoot, but you've only budgeted $600. So it can be tough to find a fi- kind of find the right people. But um, one of the grips that they talked to said that the same group of people usually do a few Hallmark movies. So you work with the same 15 or 20 people and you get paid $600 a day compared to $800 a day, but you know that next week you're going to have another $600 a day job. Okay. Meaning it's a little bit more reliable even though the pay is less. Yeah, Um, yeah. Ask me about my career, guys. Uh, But for people trying to make a quick buck, it's a decent option as well. People learning, that sort of stuff. So... Um, next you would find your stars, Marissa. Melissa Joan Hart, across the board. If you want full tax credit, you can only hire Canadian actors. <laughs> oh, really? And this is why you see some of the same people in all of the Hallmark movies. <laughs> can you give me an example of a Canadian actor? That's I cannot. <laughs> Wait, what? I cannot. Oh, Okay. A Vancouver-based actor that we'll call Derek, according to this article, uh, says that it's common for some actors to shoot six Hallmark-style movies a year. Top talent gets paid an average of $900 a day, but sometimes big names like Lacey Chabert 
Oh, yeah. I was thinking of her, but I couldn't think of her name. And Candace Cameron Bure <laughs> uh, yeah. will sign on because it's easy work. Two weeks, no reshoots, very little pressure for you to nail it. <laughs> okay. Uh, then it becomes production time. Shooting is typically scheduled for 15 days. So in this timeline, they're saying September 30th to October 15th. That's a really short amount of time to make a movie. Yeah. Uh, and there's little wiggle room for overtime because Ow. these people in Canada have, I don't know, some sort of like protective laws <laughs> that don't let you work them into the middle of the night. <laughs> Oh, that's nice. Good for them. Um, that being said, they also don't get overtime for working extra hours oh. Oh, because they're what? not they're not working extra hours. Oh God, okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Step seven: lighting and fast edits. <laughs> editing become editing comes together quickly. Um, you've just shot exactly what you need as quickly as possible. There is no director's cut or three-hour version or anything like that you're making it for tv like you know you need 90 80 to 90 minutes and that's all like that's what you have you know i could kill for a director's cut with commentary <laughs> that's what i say uh while that is in process you're preparing for your next shoot because producers get paid on delivery, uh, there's incentive to deliver quickly so that financing costs don't skyrocket, even though there may still be a few months until the release date. Um, and yeah, potentially you could be working on more than one of these at the same time. Well, being a producer sounds horrible. In December, it's showtime. Your movie airs as one of the 25 Countdown to Christmas movies on the network. Maybe it's a ranch-themed romance called Horsing Around Christmas. Is that real or you made that up? Made it up. Um, yeah. Fans feel comforted by the warm embrace of big city beauties remembering the true meaning of the holidays. Orphans, snow, uh, kissing, rural communities, etc. <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought that was an interesting idea to get the timeline, you know? Yeah, Totally. Uh, what else? Let's see. Oh, Entertainment Weekly. Also, t this is a thing that I find very interesting. All of these people wish to remain nameless. Everybody huh. that anybody talks to. Okay. If these people were talking about, like, politics or international conflict, like, you would need names. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hallmark probably doesn't want everyone to know that they, like, half-ass all this shit. Yeah. So Entertainment Weekly talked to two anonymous Hallmark writers who confessed. The first rule is snow. We really <laughs> wanted to do one where a basic conflict was a fear that there would not be snow on Christmas. We were told, you cannot do that. There must be snow. <laughs> oh, my God. They can't be waiting for the snow. There has to be snow. You cannot threaten them with no snow. <laughs> this is absurd. Our idea for Christmas in Miami Never. Not in a million years. Uh -huh. At least not at this point, the way that they approach these movies. They are very, very, very specific about what they want to see. Okay. They always like Christmas activities, like gingerbread making contests, snowman making I contests. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They like to have stuff scattered throughout the whole thing, so there's always some sort of Christmas element going on. And I watched one recently that just seemed like totally out of nowhere. Um, it was about a white woman who was taking a black senior, 
citizen, I guess, um, on a journey to find his lost love. And she saw the man as a father figure, but I think his job was working at the coffee shop that she would go to. <laughs> okay. Anyway, they get to this hotel and they're like making ornaments, decorating trees, making cookies. That like it, It's just like nonstop activity and all of it has to do with Christmas. <laughs> That's adorable. All right. So you have to have two people who, for whatever reason, don't like each other. And you're just oh, maneuvering yeah. through those nine acts to get them to the kiss in the snow. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the other writer says, but they can't not like each other too much. <laughs> <laughs> One of the problems of writing a Hallmark movie is that you cannot have too much conflict, but somebody has to be angry. <laughs> yeah, well, just get a woman from the big city with very little patience and a country boy who likes to take his sweet time. That's all you need. Yeah. Also, Marissa, you're not allowed to use the word hate or the word crazy in a Hallmark movie. Are you? Oh, I would imagine I heard she's a crazy woman at least a time or two, but wow, I need to pay attention to that. Interesting. Everything goes through a mildness filter. <laughs> That's adorable. You have to mildify everything that you do just to take the just to kind of take the all the edges off. It's like yeah. everything gets sanded, filed down so the sharp edges come off. Off-brand is the word that they use for anything that doesn't fit. Like if you mm-hmm. use the word stupid or crazy or if it's too mean or sexual, all of these things are considered off-brand. Oh, I bet there's like a Hallmark porn parody. I don't know. Believe it there or not, has- I don't know. <laughs> googling it but it has to be anyway um yeah so when it comes to there was a one movie that i was watching and i was like did these two bone yet (laughs) (laughs) never and like sometimes you'll have somebody who like stays over but they're not going to tell you that these people slept in the same bed or had sex or anything like that so very interesting yeah. as well that there are sort of these unspoken rules. Uh, these two writers also said that, you know, they're kind of skipping the part where you have somebody to sell the script to or for you or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they were like, if you want to know how to write a Hallmark movie, just watch one, take notes, and then follow the model. <laughs> wow. I wonder how you be- how you get into that racket, though. If I just did one of those a year. So this is a $1 million budget. What do you think the writer's pulling down? 10000 I would bet. <laughs> yeah, right? Probably. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hell, so would I. I don't know if you and I, for example, though, would be able to do it without having some of those sharp edges. Well... Because we are sharp-edged comedians. I We are. But I just feel like as long as... We leaned into it because did you did you see that Will Ferrell uh, what's your face one? Kristen Wiig. Yeah, which it wasn't. I thought it was going to be zany. It no. still followed the uh, it still followed the recipe, but something about it was absurd, but so suddenly absurd that if you didn't like know they were comedians in a weird role, you'd probably just watch it without blinking. The movie was but, completely 
like in line. It was almost like they took a script from a movie that they were actually going to make, but then Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig like really overacted it. And they also did an absurd dance at the end. Right. That's yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was so, probably not be part of. Uh... <laughs> as long as we wrote it, but imagining someone absurd as the actor, I feel like we could pull it off. So Marissa, I know you don't have official TV, but um, Hallmark movies do they do anything for you? Um, I don't know that I want to watch one alone, but I have nice memories of watching them with other people. Um, my boyfriend seems to like them for some reason. Uh, they're also nice to just have in the background. But yeah, if I, I, yeah, as you said, I do not have officially TV. I, by mistake, renewed my Paramount Plus subscription that I trial that I never even used. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll find some fun movies on there, but. Yeah, sadly, I don't have access to them, but I wish I did. Well, Hallmark has their own streaming service. So... They do? Oh, I was hoping they were like on Paramount Plus. <laughs> um, well, just in case you are not as open to the experience as Marissa is, we're going to go back to our friend who I have to scroll up and get his name, Pamela Rutledge. Okay. Because she's going to give us some tips about how to get the most out of your Hallmark movie binge watch this year. Okay. Holiday binge watch, of course. <clears throat> Holiday movie binge watch. <laughs> First, get in touch with your emotions. Positive emotions such as hope, happiness, the value of connection, appreciation, and gratitude are very powerful. So don't be afraid to let yourself cry or laugh while watching, even though the plot may be silly or unrealistic. I uh, I already bawled my eyes out because I watched the last episode of Modern Family this week. That's all the emotions. <laughs> want for like a year and hysterically continue think about how the underlying message can apply to you translating these stories into personal meaning can trigger a shift in behavior and highlight new goals i would say i cannot watch the movies in that frame of mind because i don't usually think i think the endings are sometimes a little aggressive and not empowering to women like it's usually like career women from the city end up deciding that work isn't as important as they think it is which work isn't important but that they should sacrifice everything they're doing to live with a man in a country inn or something i feel yeah so i don't know that i could view them with that but anyway you might for example Think about the true meaning of the holidays and consider letting yourself off the hook if you try to do too much, like try to make a perfect holiday, connect with uh, estranged family members or distant friends, or take steps so that you enjoy the holidays a little bit more. Oh, I don't try to do anything. Yeah. But, sure. Every day is survival. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Uh, Allow the stories to give you hope about possibilities, Marissa. Again, I watch them just as like pure fluff and it's fun and I like seeing Christmas activities. They don't generally give me hope. They generally make me go like, oh, the world is judging me for wanting to achieve (laughs) something and be independent. Okay. Hallmark movies give us hope for things like love, true happiness, overcoming obstacles and compassion. Recognize that these possibilities exist in your life, rather than focusing on the unlikelihood of specific plot points that tend that led the pro, that led the protagonist to 
their point in the movie. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. If you need a guide to tell you how to enjoy a Hallmark movie, don't watch a Hallmark movie. <laughs> Go to church. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of other things you could do. Recognize what you value most. A recurring theme of Hallmark movies is the return to what really matters for the main characters. Uh, all those city women going back home for the holidays. Um, as you're watching, yeah. Rutledge says to translate that back to your own life and remind yourself of the things you value, such as family or friends, to refocus yourself during the holidays. If I did that, I would quit my job and move to the boonies to, I don't even know. To write for a paper that paid me 18000 a year? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I would do if I took those movies to heart. But anyway. Marissa. Uh-huh. Last option. Okay. Don't like it? Don't watch it. There's okay. absolutely no benefit to forcing yourself to sit and watch Hallmark movies if all you can do is focus on the bad acting and plot holes. If you find yourself reacting negatively, feel free to do go do something else. If you feel compelled to point out how stupid or unrealistic it is, leave the room and go make eggnog. <laughs> One, no, because making fun of things is very fun. Two, you shouldn't need an article to tell you it's okay to not watch something. <laughs> and three, the bad acting is half of why everyone watches it. It sounds like this person who wrote this piece is, like, uh, writing it to their, like, brother-in-law. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what this is about. I have a couple of things. Uh, the first is I wanted to talk about... Uh, you, if I say Donica McKellar, does that mean anything to you, Marissa? Donica McKellar was um, Winnie Cooper on The Wonder Years. Okay. Yes, I... This is... Okay, I'm just going to say I am in no way correcting you because I could be wrong. But if you had said Danica McKellar, I would say yes. Hey, sure, fine. But I could be wrong, but continue. I just never Marissa heard of puts that her way. Latin flair on the woman's name. No! I'm not <laughs> saying, I'm just saying, I, I always said it that way, so I never even saw it the other way. But yes, I know who that is. She is a Hallmark staple. She's been in oh. a ton of Hallmark original movies for Christmas. But recently, okay. she jumped ship. Why? She's leaving the network to join the competitor network. GAC Family, formerly known as Great American Country <laughs> Television. Oh, that sounds problematically racist. Yeah. But okay. She has signed an exclusive deal with the rebranded cable channel that extends to 2023. The agreement will see her star in and executive produce uh, four new films starting with January 2022 uh, premiere of The Winter Palace. Mm, okay. Did, is She's, there a reason, or just because she gets to produce now? Well, when you produce, you get more money, too. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, McKellar's been a staple of Hallmark movies since 2015, primarily known for her role in the holiday movies. Her credits include Christmas at Grand Valley, Christmas at Dollywood, Christmas She Wrote, and her most recent film, You, Me, and the Christmas Trees, which premiered on October 22nd. It Lord. marks... McKellar's last Hallmark project for the foreseeable future. I'm sorry, it fucking premiered before Halloween? <laughs> yes. That's absurd, okay. Yeah. Okay, at least could, I, I would say November 1st, perfect. That's like a little bit funny, it's so close, but it's not 
heinous. Anyway. Game time, Marissa. I'm going to read you three logline plot point things. Mm-hmm. And you're going to tell me which one of them is not a Hallmark original holiday movie. Okay. First, I'm going to read all three of them. Mm-hmm. So don't feel like you have to uh, make your judgments on the first read, okay? Okay. Two schools are merged and rivalries develop between students and staff. The music teachers from two schools try to compete to keep their own job, but they soon start to, soon start to develop feelings for one another. Okay. That's one. <clears throat> two. I'm sorry, one of these is a Hallmark movie or one of them isn't? One of them is not. Okay. And you have to figure out which. Okay. Uh, number two. Santa Claus is stranded in a small town when his sleigh is mistaken for a UFO. With the help of two local children, he must ensure Christmas goes off without a hitch, as he is without the resources of his North Pole workshop. Number three. Pediatric specialist Tasha Miller is focused on one thing, keeping the kids in her ward as healthy and happy as possible. So when her high school crush, who just happens to be a handsome prince, breaks his leg on a nearby ski slope, Tasha is forced to allow him to secretly get well on her floor. This is rough, but I would say the last one sounds like it has the most children. No, it's true. Wait. That what? does sound like it would have the most children. <laughs> but wait, but the second one is animals and children. I say the second one isn't. What do you mean the second one is animals animal and children? Doesn't have Santa? Is Santa an animal? No. Oh, you're thinking of the deer. Look <laughs> at the reindeer. <laughs> Whew. Um, so which, which, which is your pick? I mean, I feel like you objected to me saying the second one. (laughs) No, I was just like, wait, where are the animals? (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the second one. It is, in fact, the third one. Ah! That is a real movie, but it is, um, I think that's an Ion original movie. Oh, okay. And it's called, um, it's called, I can mend a broken heart. But not a broken leg. (laughs) (laughs) That's real stupid. I didn't pull out any of the titles for any of these. (laughs) No, I like it. I wanted to be able to guess it, but I couldn't think of anything clever. Uh, The Santa Incident is a 2012 movie uh, that I believe Sean Astin appears in. What does Um, he play? I don't know. I think he plays a dad. He always plays a dad. Yeah. Oh, and since the internet is having just general issues delivering content today, I can't tell you much about the movie. (laughs) Okay. But um, that is the one where Santa's sleigh is mistaken for a UFO. The Santa (laughs) Incident. And that sounds fun. So, that's what I got, Marissa. I like it. It was fun. Now I want to watch a Hallmark movie. Yeah, well. Plugs. It's almost like you asked for it. It's time for plugs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, not a Hallmark movie, but I'm just going to plug my favorite Christmas movie. It's nothing spectacular. It's nothing you haven't heard of. 
just watch. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I'm going to book two. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Or is it? I keep forgetting what it's called. Is it called Nothing Like the Holidays? Oh, no. It's called A Muppet Christmas Carol. That's not my favorite. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love the Muppets. That's not my favorite. Nothing Like the Holidays. It's a Christmas movie with a, a Hispanic cast. I should love Muppet Christmas Carol because they're my everything. But it's long. <laughs> Just move on, please. It's not long. <laughs> I don't know. It <laughs> I wanted to plug The Nine Lives of Christmas and The Twelve Pups of Christmas. <laughs> what? These are two Hallmark movies that do feature animals. The Nine Lives of Christmas is about, um, I can't remember what the woman does, but there's a man who's a firefighter, and there's a woman who I feel like maybe got fired or something. Uh, oh, no, she's she works uh, at a, an animal shelter or something. Uh, and so she has a cat, and then she finds another cat. Turns out that the lost cat is going to become the firehouse cat. You know how, like, firehouses have Dalmatians? This one has a cat. And um, then, of course, you know, there's a little bit of cat and mouse that happens between them. And uh, (laughs) they end up falling in love. But Marissa, Uh at the end of the movie, they're in love and everything's going to be a happy ending. Except during the Nine Lives of Christmas, I saw a commercial for 12 Pups of Christmas. And I said, wait a minute. They're the same actors. Oh, Turns wow. out, at the end of Nine Lives of Christmas, the woman ended up getting her veterinary degree and moving to, like, South Florida. Uh-huh. And then she had to come home for the holidays where she reconnects with her fire engine friend. Fire engine? Fireman friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, somebody leaves 12 puppies at the firehouse, and they have to find a home for each puppy. Well, I don't want to see it. I like that you plugged it. <laughs> The last thing I'll say is don't sleep on Hallmark Movies and Mysteries, which is a completely separate channel than the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> oh, okay. So there's just mystery movies? It used to be that if the Hallmark Movies, uh, the Hallmark Channel started a movie at 7, Mysteries and Movies would start one at 8. So every hour, if you didn't like what you were watching, you could switch to the other channel. I like It's fun. But, yes, they are sometimes more mysterious, sometimes more sentimental and dramatic. They're usually a lot less silly. But, yeah, it's a fun channel to, you know, remember that you have once in a while. And uh, they used to play Murder, She Wrote, all the time. They don't anymore? I don't don't think so. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to plug one more thing, though I can't tell you how to access it. Yep, too bad. (laughs) Uh, I had Hulu on because I was going to watch a movie. But then we didn't actually queue up anything to play. And it was on in the background for over an hour. Then it started like auto playing like like background Christmas scenes. <laughs> and at one point it was ASMR of someone decorating a tree with pine cones and like scraping the pine cones on the tree. And then like two hours in, I don't know what we were doing that it was just on. It was just footage of like 12 puppies like let loose in a room with Christmas presents mm-hmm. and them just like tearing apart the Christmas presents like like finding Are you sure this wasn't Netflix? I don't know. It was something. But I yeah, it was who... I've definitely seen this before. 
oh, it was great. And at the end, oh, we were like, this is carnage. This is crazy. And then at the end, they even knock over the Christmas tree. And I was like, this is, this is revolution. I really like that. Because if you put the right soundtrack under it, right? <laughs> like... Yeah. It was, oh, man, yeah. Get some, let the bodies hit the floor. You, you, you're golden. We didn't, we didn't cue that up. But anyway, yep. So if you know how to access that, go for it. And if you know how to get rid of mice, please call me. Uh, you and can... don't call us to say not to kill them. <laughs> I don't accept that as an option. I just uh, get the perspective that all of God's creatures matter. Mm-hmm. But like, there's. Plenty of mice. <laughs> That's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't have to sell it to me. You got to sell it to those other people. But anyway, uh, guys, you can call us at 570-PODWOD1 or slide into our DMs. Uh, no, slide into my DMs at Riss Vandal. I don't know if he wants you to slide into his DMs. Marissa, you know what um, I recently did? What? I finally connected <laughs> our uh, podcast to our Facebook page. <laughs> So nice. now when when we post episodes, they can go up on Facebook. So there's another like avenue it. if you um, would like to communicate with us or share with your friends or anything like that, then you can, uh, I'm sorry, share with your grandma or uh, her yeah. friends at the oh, retirement home. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. That reminds me of my father keeps saying, give me an episode and I'll listen. And I just go, no, there's no episode. <laughs> Maybe that can be our goal for Christmas. To make an episode for my father. Yeah. Um, That'd be fun. Tell, 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 like, find out what your dad's really into, and we will make an episode just for him. (laughs) I like that. Let me think about that. I'm going to think on that. I tried to get him to be fun, but he said no, and neither will my mother. Mm -hmm. Uh, But remember, my brother will come in anytime we want. We should figure out something to interview him about. But anyway. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and I hope your December is going well. Bye. Me too, bye. Hi. Hi.